Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda, and with me uh, is Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father? Good. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple a couple week hiatus. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Uh, Get a little recharged, and yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, we're we're happy to have you back. I, I think it's always in my experience when when the priest is gone for an extended period of time, it just gets like really boring, and and <laughs> and not necessarily that like anything different happens, but it just feels like it feels like there's less happening, hmm. and it's just like oh well, guess we'll just sit here for two weeks and wait until Father Eli comes. Twiddle our thumbs, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> which isn't what we did, but it just feels like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, where, from your point of view, it's probably like, ah, oh, great, two weeks of, or did, did, did you still get, like, you know, like phone calls and emails? I, I know, like... Uh, emails, some texts. Um, I, this t- last week, I was a little bit more responsive. Um, the week before, I tried not to as much as possible. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, we were trying to do a few things, um, so I kind of had to be more on the diocesan level so um had some calls with father jim and so forth but it's uh yeah anytime you're away it's it's always that tension of like trying to let go and be a part and then uh, do the necessary things and so yeah it's uh it was good though yeah yeah that's good you know hopefully you had a a good just like yeah time of recharging Mm -hmm. uh uh, well, we're like we're about like halfway through Lent, I, I know. think now. Yeah. I mean, maybe even over halfway. Laudate Sunday uh, is halfway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is this past Sunday, correct? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Got the rose pulled out. We did the rose this weekend. Everybody's yeah. favorite. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I I can really tell everybody. Uh, Father Ryan must have made a really big deal about it because everybody's he like, really, oh, pink. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he he really didn't didn't like it being called pink. Yeah, he yeah, definitely made a statement of that, which probably made it worse. Actually, probably because then you, people will like want to pick at it. You know, yeah. it's like don't yeah. don't don't poke me here. But then it's like I can't resist. Yeah, and and the vestments we have to be to be fair, I I've been saying to people they are liturgically rose, but they look fairly pink. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there. I, I I was here Saturday evening, um, at the St. Lawrence, and so. Uh, when like Father Walsh was here, and he he made a statement of just like he's like Nick told me to wear rose, so here we so I'm wearing, I'm wearing rose today, which <laughs> is kind of funny. Um, but uh, as, speaking of uh, you know Father Walsh, St. Patty's Day, St. Patrick's Day today. He's 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 happy, our he's St. Patrick's one of our. You know, I, I think think we had we, we had a, a couple Irish priests. Maybe yes, we've, but we've had a, a good number over this over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, all, of, all of them are now either retired or um, have passed away. But yeah, yeah, no active guys anymore. Yeah, I was, although Father Charlie Flynn just kind of came out of retirement up in uh, oh, correct, Ab- yeah, Abilith yeah. and Gilbert. He's kind of serving as the administrator up there for the time being. So, so, so yeah, I I always remember Father Walsh because he was at St. Francis when we oh, we yeah. moved to Brainerd. Sure. So he was yeah, he was our priest there, and um, there was one one day I was serving, and he like called me out in front of everyone, like the entire oh, church, and uh, and he was like, if anyone wonders what I looked like as a as as a wee lad, 
and he just pointed at me and everybody <laughs> laughed and I, of course like in my face went like super red <laughs> of course um, yeah. but so i was thinking of father walsh when i comes hey, to that so. good to see you daniel yeah, it's been yeah, a while yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever, ever been to ireland uh yes i have in fact yeah a couple times okay i have a good friend who's up in Derry, which is in the northern ireland and then uh do you remember uh, Father Shane Sullivan. Uh, I know, I know of him. Yeah. He was he's quite a bit older than you. Yeah, yeah. His so. his younger brother was the great above me in high school. Okay, okay. So he and I worked together in seminary for one year. Okay. Before he went off to major seminary, and he studied over there in Ireland. He decided to be a missionary over there. They sent us so so many priests. He's like decided he was going to go back and serve over there. So good for him. I mean, it's a challenging. I think it's been a challenging road for him, but he's he's gone after it. So, mm-hmm. so I went to visit him. Uh, another time when I was there, so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thought that was cool that he like went to Ireland as a missionary priest. Yeah, because they sent so many over here, and obviously, yeah. obviously we had a handful like here in our diocese, and right. so. And I think right. that was kind of part of the reason that he decided to do it, right? because yeah. like yeah. they've given us a lot of the faith, and they're kind of struggling, like right struggling, really yeah. struggling. And I mean, it's still like culturally prominent, but not really faith wise. And right. so he's trying yeah. to kind yeah, of re- renew. Yeah. I think he's pretty known over there because he's kind of an oddball for them. Yeah. You know, he's he's Irish, and actually, in the last few times I've spent a long time since I've seen him, but he sounds more and more Irish every time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's just right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I, I I guess that makes sense. You kind of acclimate to the yeah, yeah. to the accent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, that's great. Um. Well, Father, would you open us in a prayer before sure. we get started? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you this time today as we um, continue to draw ever closer to the mysteries, the Paschal mysteries that are approaching. We ask you to continue preparing our hearts, um, help this discussion today on um, sin and reconciliation and, and all the all that goes with it to be helpful um, for us and to... to Encourage us to, to, to rely on your mercy, your great mercy that you always offer to us. And we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thanks. Uh, yeah, well, uh, let's see. what What is going on this week? We have... Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of the, the the normal things. We have Stations of the Cross on Friday. Yeah, is it here? It's here at St. Lawrence okay. this Friday. Lawrence, yeah. um, and then uh, and then Sunday evening we have our uh, Holy Hour Adoration at a uh, Holy Family mm-hmm. at six thirty. Yeah. So both Stations and the Holy Hour at six thirty. Yeah. Uh, and those are kind of our, our Lenten things. Yeah. That we're doing. And then, but th- there's a bunch of other stuff that's going on. Yeah, we have the confirmation retreat yeah. this weekend for uh, the students who are going to be confirmed this spring. So there was going to be a diocesan one. That one got canceled. So we we are organizing our own as a way to fulfill that. Um, so that starts on Friday night and goes through uh, Saturday, I believe. So, yeah, it should be good. Looking forward to having the opportunity to work with them, the students. It's so one of the things when you go into a new parish, you don't get to know everybody, and especially the older students. You haven't had this rapport with them over time, so hopefully, I'll get a chance to uh, to be with them in a different way this weekend. Um, first reconciliation next Tuesday for students preparing for first communion. 
And then we have Exalt next Wednesday, which is here at St. Lawrence. So that's the Adoration Confessions. Anybody from the area or the diocese can come. It's mostly people from the city of Duluth. But um, we did it at the cathedral uh, during Advent. And this this season we're doing it here at St. Lawrence. So it should be interesting. Uh, we're doing a teaching mass tonight for faith formation. Uh, yeah, what else is there? There's might be some other things. Uh Well, next Wednesday is uh, Stations of the Cross at St. Joe's. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And even this Friday, there's the St. Joe's Mass. St. Joseph's Mass. Mass. Yep. Yeah. Noon. Yep. Yeah. Good. Good points. Yes. Yeah. So there's 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 a lot going on in the next week. So a lot happening. Yeah. So hopefully you 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 got well well rested over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's that time of year we kind of yeah. expect to be busy. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Did you uh? Kind of going back to your your time off. Did you had did you read anything good while you were uh, uh, off? Uh, yes. What did I read? I um so I I have this book. It's a spiritual book. It's basically a manual on the spiritual life. And every time I go on retreat, not every time, but a lot of times when I go on retreat, I just kind of read a few sections of it. I've read it before, but it's just it's always good to be refreshed and kind of like yeah, that's right. Let's just be reminded of how the spiritual life works and and uh, I don't know. There's I just Reading truth is always, for me, just kind of refreshing and, and so forth. So it's a book by Jordan Allman called The Spiritual Theology, I think it's called. So I, I read some of that. Um, then I just read a lot of scripture, actually, a lot of time reading the scriptures. Um, did a little few sections of Imitation of Christ. Um, yeah, that's mainly it. There might have been some other things, but those are the main things. So Okay, good, good. Uh, well, today we're gonna talk about sin. Sin. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk, talk about sin and uh, kind of confession, and but I guess more and more in the sense of like, like, you know, why do we need confession? And uh, and I think especially during like times like like Lent, like I, I mean, for us, we're having ex- like extended confession times times yeah. throughout uh, this season, and you know, a lot of parishes will have you know, penance services or something like that mm-hmm. throughout, yeah. um, throughout Lent. And it's, it's definitely, you know, it's a, Lent is a penitential season. Yeah. And, um, when I go do some penance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So today we're going to talk about why do we sin or maybe not why, why do we sin, but just trying to get a better grasp on the idea of, of sin and like what it actually does to us mm-hmm. Yeah. and, and what it does to God and how it, you know, severs that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, how confession heals that relationship. Yeah, great. So, um, so yeah, I think maybe to start us off, um, let's let's talk about just I guess from your perspective, Father. Like, how do you how do you see like sin affect people through or through like just dealing with. Uh, people in general and like a lot of people will like come and meet with you mm-hmm. and uh and then or also like in the confessional and i guess how like how, how do you see just like the impact of sin on on mm-hmm. people and maybe even in like you know there's a lot of like broken relationships and broken families and stuff like that yeah so. yeah yeah so uh, obviously sin is it's a a choice we make right uh, to be a sin has to be a choice and it can be subconscious like i'm not super aware that i'm kind of slipping into this but i'm i'm aware 
or it can be more direct, you know. And so the more aware we are and go against, the more sinful, in a sense, the more painful it is for us in the long run because it more severs that relationship with God. But, yes, so sin is, when I look at people's lives and the, uh, my experience as a, as a priest um, or just in general with people is, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of sin, a lot of, a lot of different ways of sin, uh, but it all leads to the same place of brokenness, uh, feeling separated from God, feeling separated from other people, feeling maybe upset with ourselves. Um, uh, so we all choose to sin because we think there's something there for us. We, 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 we look at a temptation or a situation, and we think by choosing the sin that it's, it's a better thing. Now, we might, we might not say that or think that in the moment. We might say, well, why did I do this after the fact? But in the moment... We kind of we reasoned it out some way, or we kind of told ourselves it's okay for me to do this because it's going to be something good for me or something I want right now. Um, so it's always the deception, though, right? It's always the, mm-hmm. the the bait and switch, and it never never pays off. I mean, um, people sometimes it, sometimes it takes people a long time to see that doesn't pay off, and it's like a long term project of like coming to realize like oh this path that I've lived is really destructive or really put me in a dark place. Um, but as long as we keep telling ourselves that this is okay, this is okay, um, this is not bad, this is good for me, um, and we keep telling ourselves that, we just keep going down and down into that soup, and uh, people can get to a pretty dark place. And um, so for me as a priest, it's always a beautiful thing when people have that moment of conversion and they come to confession and they really want to make amends, they really want to change their life around, um, that's always very inspiring to, to be a small part of that and to, to witness somebody who's, who's lived uh, maybe a pattern of sin or just complete you know, depravity and all of a sudden they, they have this moment of conversion where God gives them a, some kind of insight or awareness or desire for something different, because you know, they, if they've been living in habitual sin for a long time, years maybe, they've not had the, the grace of God actively living in them. Even though they were baptized, that's that's been removed because that's what mortal sin does: is it removes the life of grace in us, the life of God in us. So they are outside of grace. But it's not that God um, doesn't keep working on us. He he gives us what we call the technical term is actual grace, grace to kind of push us. It's kind of like a temporary aid. Um, when I was explaining it to the RCA students, I said it's kind of like the difference between like a hand warmer. Hand warmer is temporary, right? You shake it up and the chemicals mixes and it lasts for a while. It gives you, keeps your hand warm for a short while versus like a coat, which you put the coat on. It's like, this is, I have this now. It's here. It's more stable. So the life of grace, um, that is the coat. It's more lasting. It's to live in the state of grace. It's helpful. It protects us. The hand warmer, it's like, all right, it gives me the grace I need to get to where I need to go uh, to to receive that new indwelling of grace. So God continues to act on us with actual grace um, to try to move us to repentance. But So it's a beautiful thing to see that when somebody turns away from a life of sin even if they're not able to do it perfectly or all at once perfectly, 
but that they have a desire. You can see that they've they've had a conversion moment and they they're seeking reconciliation with God. That's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Um, sometimes too, you see people who are really struggling with that moment of conversion. They haven't quite accepted it. They've recognized that there's a problem here. You know, it could be a habitual thing. You know, whatever it is. I've I've been struggling with the sin for a long time. I know it's not good for me, but I can't give it up yet. You know, you might see this uh, with somebody who who struggles with, you know, could be like alcohol or gambling or pornography or you know any of these kind of hab- habitual things where they've they've recognized it's not good for me, but I it still appeals to me enough that I can't give it up. And so you can see that they're in that middle stage where they haven't had that conversion. Uh, but they're starting to become aware. And so it's it's also a beautiful moment because you're trying to help them and counsel them and, and guide them uh, to really give them the courage to step out in faith and, and believe that they can be healed and that if they seek healing, that it, it'll be a more fulfilling way to go, a more fulfilling way to live. Um, now, you can't, you can't escape the consequences of our choices, right? You know, if, for instance, if I'm an alcoholic or I'm a, um, if I'm unfaithful in my marriage, there's going to be consequences to that in this life, and I might go into confession. It's not going to solve those things, right? I'm still going to, have to deal with those things, but I, it it brings me out of out of the darkness into the light, and at least going back towards God, whatever that looks like. So, um, so that's a long tangent to yeah. say. Yeah, and so something that I guess kind of what you're saying on there, like there's still like consequences for our actions, like because I guess when we sin, that there's multiple different like things that happen there, right? Because there's, like, the spiritual con- consequence, but yeah. then there's also the, like, physical, like, consequence in the in reality. Yeah, yeah. This world. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that's something where it's, like, yeah, if we, uh, if you, like, have a really, like, a gambling problem or something like that, and you can, you can work that out spiritually, but then there's still the consequences of, like, paying off the debt. Yeah. Well, I don't you know? have any money or <laughs> right? whatever. I lost my house. Right. Or that, that, that could be maybe just a very real, like, example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe, like, uh, I guess I don't, th- I don't think I look at seeing that, like, with that lens all the time. Whereas n- normally, like, when I think about it, it's just like, oh, I'm, like, I did this or I sinned and I hurt God for that. But we don't always think about like how our actual like sins affect those like around us mm-hmm. and in the like relationships that we that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you see that people really suffer um, because someone in their family or a friend or somebody is choosing a path of darkness, a path of sin. Um, and they, maybe aren't fully aware of how it's affecting everybody around them, but you can see people suffer when um, when somebody they love is 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 living a life of sin. It's it's very painful for the people around them and painful for themselves too, but they they are still sometimes living in the reality of like, I, I'm choosing this. I, I choose this. I, yeah. I want this. And, uh, you know, until they get to the point where they're just saying, ah, I don't want this anymore. I, I'm trying to escape this. I'm get out of this. Um, it's it's painful, and it, I think for the family members, oftentimes they feel a little hopeless when the person is still going down and they're not haven't committed to themselves. Like I need to get out of this. I need to escape. Once they once they've made that corner, for the people in their life, it's it's kind of a, a small victory because now they're like, we can help you now. We can we can we can we we're here. We want to help you, and we're excited that you want to change. 
Whereas before, it's kind of like, I wish they would make the choice, but I can't make the choice for them, you know? And yeah. uh, even as a priest, sometimes it's very painful to watch that. You have, you have people come to confession and they'll confess something, but they don't really have a purpose of amendment. They don't really intend to avoid it. They don't really tend, intend to, they could see this isn't good again, but they don't really have like this commitment to say, no, I need to, I need to close the door on this or, or fight against it. So, um, and that's, that's always a tough place. Like how much do you challenge them and how much do you say, okay, they're, they're here. They made an effort. Um, this, this is a good step, you know? So, um, that's one of the things you have to always discern as the confessor is how do I best help this person? You know, what, what do they need right now? Do they need affirmation? Do they need to be challenged? Do they need, um, some clarity? You know, what, what's needed here? And it's not always clear right away, um, you know, and then there's always a the question of how much time do I have with this person? You know, so there's a lot of factors that go into how much, sure. how helpful a confession is. I mean, it's always helpful to get the sacramental grace, right, to be forgiven. Um, but is it uh, a way to counsel the person? It, it sometimes it, a relationship goes a long way. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, kind of like talking about that, um, that kind of leads us into this idea of like contrition for our sins mm. because oh like when we when we go in to confession like we at the end you know you make the act of contrition yeah just saying like i'm sorry for my sins and i will like avoid the near occasion of sin mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and th- isn't th- th- there's like a certain like like there's certain things you have to say yeah right cuz i was I, in college i remember like father mike was like telling us like you can say Basically, whatever you want, you just have to get, you have to get these, these certain points yeah. across, which I forgot what they are, so that yeah. makes it so helpful. Yeah. But, uh. Basically, you have to say, I'm sorry for what I've done. I admit that it was wrong. Uh, you have to give a firm intention to amend your life. Like, you can't, it's not a good confession out of even maybe I would even say valid confession. If, if like, yeah, I committed adultery last night and I'm going to commit tonight, but I want to get forgiven from the, the one that I just did, you know. So they can receive communion today or something like that. Like that's not that's not even really valid because you're not you're not having a purpose of amendment. Mm-hmm. So it has to be. I'm sorry. I intend to avoid, uh, and I will I will um, you know do my part to uh, to you know cooperate with God's grace. So um, you know do my penance and so forth. So yeah, yeah. And there's um, so in the Catechism it talks about. Perfect contrition versus imperfect contrition, um, because I think like there's, there's definitely a part, and I I know I've had like, that thought before like when, when going through the act of contrition is like, and it was like yeah I mean I know that I'm sorry for my sins, but it I don't I don't know it doesn't always like feel like it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah and so I think that there's there's that too that's like, um. There's sometimes where you get out of confession, you're like, man, that was like really good for me. Like I feel uplifted, yeah. like uplifted. And those mm-hmm. are times when I was like, okay, well, like I know that the sacrament happened, yeah, but it doesn't make me like feel better. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> which which doesn't mean that it's out. It's all about the feelings, but right. I think there's that's the kind of like also reflects like just like or maybe I don't know, maybe my <laughs> like soul yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. bit I well i think sometimes the, the gravity of what we're confessing to can make a big difference you know if we've been in a state of sin for a long long time having a good confession can be like we've we haven't felt this way we haven't been in this state of grace for yeah. years or whatever like 
that is a load, you know. And they might not feel like you said, but the reality is there's been a huge change in this person's mm-hmm. life. And and so sometimes if we're making our, our you know, every two weeks or every three weeks to go to confession, and there's not a lot of big things, but there's some things we notice. And, you know, you might not feel this huge weight lifted or you might not experience this huge outpouring of grace, but it's more kind of like I'm doing, I'm, I'm uh, getting the, the little fix right now so I don't have to get the big fix later, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh it's a good thing you know so but yeah it's a good point uh bringing up the imperfect versus perfect um so the sacrament of reconciliation works either way right um and that's one of the that's one of the reasons why we have the sacrament is because most of the time our our uh contrition is not perfect you know we we are still somewhat attached to our sins and and that's why we have the sacrament which makes up in a sense it kind of it's like this bridge that reaches out to us where we are at in our sorrow. If my contrition is um, out of fear, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to uh, receive the consequences of my sins. I don't want to get stuck in this habit or whatever. Whatever. If it's motivated out of that, we would say it's imperfect, right? So it's motivated out of more of a selfish thing. Um, if it's perfect, it's like I'm sorry because I've hurt God. I'm sorry because I've hurt other people. I'm sorry because I've hurt myself. I'm, I'm, it's like your, your contrition is perfect. You've, you've seen the whole consequences. You've seen and re- realized every, every part of why this is damaging, how it's affected you and so forth. And it's kind of hard for us to do that as human beings. We don't, you know, we have, we struggle with that. So that's why we have the sacrament of reconciliation. Cause if we can make a perfect act or a perfect contrition every time, we wouldn't need, technically speaking, the uh, sacrament of reconciliation, because you know th- there is that belief that if somebody can make a perfect act, act of contrition, perfect uh, you know sorrow for their sins, God accepts that. You know, but you know, so you people will talk about like if you're in a plane going down and there's no priest, do the best you can with making that um, that you know act of uh, contrition and, and seeking to have as perfect contrition as possible, you know, because God is going to see that. Um, so it's kind of a distinction of a path of love. I'm sorry because I, I've recognized I've hurt the love between me and God and me and other people versus a sort of a more self-centered, I'm sorry because I see that these are putting me in a dangerous place or a place of sorrow or sadness or whatever, and so that's why I want to repair this breach because I, I want to help myself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and and th- th- that can seem as like, oh, well, if we're just doing it for ourselves, then, like, why would God, like, do that? And I think... Uh, it's, it's the imperfect part of it, yeah, and he, yeah, he yeah. makes up for it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but it, it, it is. You can ask that question, like, what does God get out of this? And I think we always say he plays the long game. He looks like here's a small step. The soul mm-hmm. made a small step, and, and that's important. Um, we haven't talked about... The difference between a mortal and a venial sin in when we talk about confession, and that's important. But um, I remember, I don't know if it was in this spiritual book that I was reading or something else, or maybe a saint or something, that talked about the difference between an intentional and unintentional is almost more important. So if I intentionally sin, whether it's mortal or, or venial, it basically shows that I have an unconverted heart. Like, I don't care about you, God. I don't care about other people. I don't care about what I should be doing. 
I care more about what I want. And that shows the root of my heart. Um, versus an unintentional sin, which would be, it, it seems a little um, paradox because in a sense, our sins have to be chosen. That's one of one of the um, things about a mortal sin is that it's freely chosen. Um, but maybe it's, it's something where we're, um, we sort of slip into it or it's, it's a habit or um, we're not always fully aware of all the consequences. And so all of that affects gravity as well. But, um, but to look at a, a sin, even if it's the smallest venial sin, something like, um, what would be an example? Um, maybe just overeating and, and saying, I, I'm full, but I'm going to keep eating because I just, I, I love this, whatever. And so we have a disordered passion of um, hunger, whatever we, we want to feel this, this, we want to take delight in the food, whatever it is. And even though it's the smallest choice, it is a choice in that moment to say, I care more about f- fulfilling this gratification, this desire I have, than living in right order with what what's good for me and what's what's proper to God and so forth. So, I mean, that's kind of a fine distinction, but I, f- I found that helpful to, for myself just because sometimes we get so caught up in, um, you know, was it a mortal sin or was it not quite mortal or was it venial or was it, you know. So we try to kind of make this list of things and say, mm-hmm. it's on this list or it's on this list. And the more important thing is, where's my heart? Am I Am I trying to honor God? And if I'm even if I'm doing the smallest things, but I'm not trying to honor God, that's a very selfish way of living. Um, if I'm intentionally trying to honor God and I'm doing my best to follow Him, but I'm really falling in big ways at times, like that's almost a better place because I'm I'm have a converted heart. I'm I'm seeking the Lord. I'm just failing miserably at times. So it's a different perspective, maybe. Yeah. Um, than what we often hear, but. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I think that's that's definitely like an interesting thought because yeah, it can be easy to like uh, play the like t- technicality game. Mm-hmm. How far can I <laughs> go? Just like yeah, yeah, How which is too much. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 uh, you know, I've heard like you like if you ask the question, well, is this technically a sin? It's like that's that's probably a sign that <laughs> you should just go to confession about right. it. You know, right. <laughs> like, um, but. Uh, but you know, I we like we try to like rationalize everything mm-hmm. and just like, okay, well, oh, yeah. technically, was this like a sin or is this bad or mm-hmm. something like that? And uh, yeah. I just think, yeah, we can play that game, the mm-hmm. rationalization that yeah. can go so and, and yeah. with any sin, really, we can we can rationalize and say, well, da 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 da, da. we had come up with a perfect reason, yeah why it's okay in the moment especially yeah and i i think it's funny because if you hear some like like if if you like would hear somebody like rationalizing something like it's easy to say no you're like this is wrong this is right <laughs> but when we do it ourselves it's yeah. just like oh this is so complicated and yeah, i'm yeah. trying to figure this out yeah. for just for like for good reasons and we just like <laughs> trick ourselves um yeah. which it's just yeah i don't know i think like there's just like there's like part of like the human condition, I guess, and and, and I guess that's that that is a like result of sin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is darkened in light, and 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 not and not just like necessarily our sin, but the sin of just like humanity, mm-hmm. and the fact that like we are broken because, yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Can you, I guess, explain a little bit more of just like concupiscence? Because that's that's a word that like I don't know. I think I've heard it a couple times, mm-hmm. and then it just took one t- one one day where I actually like looked into it. I'm like, oh, this actually makes a ton of sense. Yeah. But I feel like we never really talk about it. Yeah. So concupiscence, it's an effect of the fall. So it affects our nature, our human nature. So um, we can be forgiven of our sins. So when we're baptized, when we go to confession and we make a good confession, we're healed of our sin, right? So that, that sin is, is covered over, it's wiped out, or whatever you want to say. But the concupiscence is this sort of propensity to sin. It's sort of this effect in our nature that is there. And we can't, uh, being, being uh, in the state of grace doesn't mean that we don't still have temptation. It doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're immune to sort of this effect of original sin, um, which is just like we sometimes are, because of, so one of the effects of sin also is that the darkening of the intellect and the weakening of the will. So I can no longer see perfectly the consequence of my choices. It becomes kind of like we can, it's kind of this whole rationalization thing, like, how is it going to turn out? Or maybe it's clearly like we can't see how it's going to turn out. And so because of that, because it's not clear, we kind of stay in the gray area and say, well, it's okay, I guess, to do this. You know, it kind of gives us a little bit of a uh, sense of like, it's, you know, since it's unclear, I'm going to go ahead and make that choice to do maybe something that's not the best. Um that, there's that aspect. And then there's the, the weakening of the will saying, here's a temptation. I know it's a temptation and I know it's bad, but I can't say no to it in this moment. I'm just, I'm powerless before this temptation. And so the weakening of the will, the weakening of the intellect. So the intellect always sees the truth and the will uh, strives to do the good, you know, to, to seek the good. And so those are two intellectual powers that are weakened by sin. And concupiscence kind of works along with those in that we sometimes desire what's not best for us. We desire something um, that is harmful to us, and we're not always able to uh, to see clearly or to make an act of the will and say, "No, this is not right." So it, it's a it's a reality that we all suffer with, um, and we'll suffer in, in this life with. So um, it's an ongoing struggle. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's an interesting like part that I got kind of from the idea of concupiscence is that like we're not like we're not perfect you know which I think I think we all we like we all know but then when we do sin and we're like well like like I'm so terrible I'm like I'm a terrible person or yeah. something like that was like happen yeah 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 and, <laughs> and I've, I, I guess I've I've like thought that there's this story that I've heard multiple times but um like the long story short of it is like during like it was I think it was like World War Two or one of the World Wars or something like that there was um, like a young soldier and they were like getting shot at and he was he was just like and he told like one of his superiors like hey they're shooting at us like we can't attack them they're, they're like they're shooting at us and the the kind of like older soldier was like um you're in a war <laughs> and <laughs> and the the kind of point of it was like like how when when we sin or when we have like temptations and it's just like, well, like, what did you expect? Yeah. And yeah. is it kind of the, like when it comes to like the concupiscence into our sin and, and I think there's, there's hope in that because 
it's like, like, yeah, like in, re- in reality, like we will fall. And e- even if we're not like dealing with serious mortal sins, like we're still going to have mm-hmm. like temptations weak spots, and yeah. weak spots mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And, and it's, and it's really very easy to like be hard on ourselves when that happens. Um, and which there might be some point of like where it's good to realize that we're doing bad things. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but just to also have like the hopefulness even in the sin to be like, Hey, but like, uh, like it's okay. Like it's, it's not, not like it's okay that I sinned, but it's part of just being human. Yeah. And that's why Jesus came. Right. right? And so I, like, there's definitely like a balance there. Yep. Right. Because yep. we don't want to be like, Oh, it's, it's sin. It's fine. Like I'm, it's not that big of a deal. I can't help myself. But at the, but at the same time, we don't want to have the, we want to have like, hope in Jesus still and not just be like, oh, well, I guess I'm just a type of person, so why should I even try? Right, right. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's definitely a balance, you know. Uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know, St. Augustine says, I think it was him that said, praise if everything uh, depends on you, uh, you know, uh, or act as if everything depends on you, praise if everything depends on God. And, you know, it's that balance of I have to cooperate, but I can't do it alone. You know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Do you have any any final thoughts? Um, maybe just to say, just invite people. If you haven't gone to confession, you know, there's lots of people that are regular. You know, they partake of the sacrament regularly, and that's good. But if you haven't gone for a long time, or you know somebody who hasn't gone for a long time, maybe maybe think about going to confession this this uh, Lent, or inviting that person to go to confession. Um, Oftentimes people are fearful. What is the priest going to think? Uh, what? Uh, how can I be forgiven? Uh, I can't remember everything. Whatever it is, whatever your fears are, I always tell people the devil is way more like fearful that you're actually going to go and make use of the sacrament, um, and he he's afraid of that because he's going to lose his power over you. Um, he he's, he sees that it's going to be a moment of his weakening uh, ability to influence you, and so. Um, so he makes it seem like a very scary thing, and and well, we can we can be very fearful of something that is a healing. You know, it's 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 the medicine that God gives us to to free us from sin, free us from the path of sin, um, and to help us share the peace and joy that comes from living uh, in union with God. So it's it's only meant to be healing. Um, if you're embarrassed, okay, go to a priest you don't know. I don't know. Maybe you don't know one that you don't go. We're right next to the diocese of superior. You can go across the bridge and go over there. Uh, find a priest that you don't know. Go to confession to him. You know, it, you know. at the end of the day, the priest isn't going to care what your sins are. He's heard it all. You don't come up with new sins. I mean, <laughs> people think that they're unique in their sins. They're not. Um, everybody, I mean, we, we all have the same tendencies. And so... Um, let go of the fear and receive the grace and the and the and the healing that God wants to share with you um, this season of Lent. So that might be my parting words, I guess. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, Father Eli, and thank you, everybody, for for listening. Uh, and we hope to see you again next week.